Tonight on Fig Tree Watchers, it's Friday Night Prophecy on a Thursday. That's right, because of rescheduling conflicts, we're here tonight on Fig Tree Watchers. That's next, so stay tuned. And as always, it's the days of Elijah. That's right, he's riding on the cloud. Who, Jesus? He's coming back. So invite your friends to know Jesus. And by the way, if you're not too busy, invite them to pay attention tonight as we discuss the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. We're all running a little ragged, but God is good and He will sustain us because He is faithful. You might be enduring the pressures of life But salvation is coming. So here we are, Fig Tree Watchers, everyone. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of uh, Friday Night Prophecy here on a Thursday. As we go over the news events of the week, we want to remind everyone that uh, you can go to figtreewatchers.com and check out our Telegram site there on figtreewatchers.com. You'll see the notes from tonight, or you can go to Telegram itself and see the notes there. If you are uh, follow us on Telegram at Fig Tree Watchers, you can also watch the replay of tonight's episode here on Instagram, and you can catch it as it's turned into a podcast on Fig Tree Watchers on all the major platforms, including now, proudly to announce, Amazon. So it's not only iTunes, Amazon, uh, the the, uh, Spotify, and Anchor, but six of the biggest platforms you can find for podcasts, you can now listen to it wherever you go in the world. And uh, don't forget, share it with a friend. If you like it, share it. It'd be great because that's how you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone uh, so they can know the good news that Jesus is coming back. And uh, looks like my brother Io has just joined us, so we're gonna add him on. Praise God. There he is. He is. Now it's brother Io. Hey everyone. Hey, hey how you doing? Doing good, how about yourself? We're doing good. We're doing good. That's good to hear. Yeah, on a on a Thursday night. That's different. That's a change of pace. Yeah, it is. It sure yeah. is. It sure is. Hey, uh, how's your week going, first off? It's going well. Really busy at work, but just looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I am uh, so, so lucky because um, today was the first day of vacation for me. Um, I actually had to take a day of vacation because I was going to lose my vacation days. So, uh, um, but uh, I'm I'm blessed that God has has uh, allowed me to to get a bunch of honeydew stuff done around the house. So, um, I, I will be exhausted by uh, Monday. So, if you see me with back aches and and shoulder aches and everything, you'll know why. Um, I was uh, helping out the wife. Mm. That's good. That's a good way to use your vacation. So catch it. Up it on it is. The, it is honestly the best way to use your vacation. 
Yeah, that's funny. What do you call it, by the way? Honeydew vacation, or what did you? It's a honeydew like... list. Yeah, honeydew list. <laughs> I've never honeydew heard of list. Funny. Yeah, because your honey gives you a list to do. <laughs> to do. And if you're good, you do it. You get some honey. I'm single, so I obviously have no experience. <laughs> there you that's go. Funny. There you go. All right. Well, we got a good group in here tonight, it looks like. Uh, and uh, um, But we're here to discuss the, the news events of the week and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Uh, if you're new to joining us, uh, thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoy uh, this show that we usually do every Friday. But because of scheduling conflicts, we moved it up a day um, this week. And uh, um, But it's going to be a, a really good discussion. Why don't you pray and lead us, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, sure. Uh, Father, we just thank you for everyone here who is uh, watching with us, Lord. We know that it is not a coincidence that you brought them here, whether they're regular viewers who are simply blessed by the conversation we have, by the scripture we go through, or they're new-time visitors just coming for the first time, maybe they're invited, or perhaps they just showed up and, and they don't know how it showed up, Lord. We just know that you brought them here for a reason, so we just ask, Lord, uh, that you lead Brother Stefan and I tonight, that your Holy Spirit moves, uh, that we simply plant seeds in the hearts of people, uh, that we use to share the gospel ultimately and point people to Christ for the believers uh, as, a, uh, as a, a way to encourage fellow believers that Jesus come back soon. And for non-believers that may be listening, point them to Christ so that they may believe on him for their salvation. So you pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we got a great group in here tonight, and we're going to be discussing some of the news events that are going on around the world and how they relate to Bible prophecy. Um, Aya, what do you have up for us first? Yeah, there is a ton. I think um, I actually have some articles from last week because, like, every week, you know, we, we probably have, like, 30-plus articles we could go through, but we only end up going through, like, I don't know, 10 or so. It's just impossible to go through, you know, all of them in an hour. So I actually saved some from last week that I wasn't able to go through. Um, this one I'm going to touch on is about globalism. Last week we touched a little bit about uh, global... Um, I forgot what the name was, uh, a world government summit that was held in Dubai. That was like last weekend. Um, the literally, literally the question that was asked at the summit, no, not a conspiracy theory. They asked, are we ready for a new world order? So that was literally the, the question there. And again, the summit is called World Government Summit 2022. So we talked about that in a little bit. Uh, I mentioned Klaus Schwab. I just want to mention another piece of this from Harbinger's Daily that we can get to touch on because a lady in this video went really viral. I think maybe you guys have seen it. This lady talking about digital currency and we talked about that a lot, but she was essentially espousing or describing what we've been telling you guys is coming, right? Um, so I just want to read some of this article from Harbinger's Daily. And most of this is her quotes, what she is saying. So Harbinger's Daily, March 31st, they put this article titled, Globalist Summit Asked If We Are ready for new world order, insists globe is on the brink of dramatic financial system change. So the article says economist and White House advisor, Dr. Pipa Malgram, and listen, she's a White House advisor. She's gonna be saying these things, by the way. During the World Government Summit 2020 session, which the globalist group titled, Are We Ready for New World Order? asserted that the world is on the brink of a dramatic change from the traditional system of money to a new digital system enforced by world superpowers. So now this is her quoting. She says, what underpins world order is always the financial system. What we are seeing in our world today is that we are on the brink of a dramatic change. We're about to, and I'll say this boldly, 
We're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. She says it also raises huge dangers in terms of balance of power between states and citizens, you think? Uh, she says, in my opinion, we are going to need a digital constitution of human rights. We are going to have digital money. Her quoting again, she says, also, this new money will be sovereign nature. But most people think digital, they think crypto and private. But what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink of moving in the same direction. And the Europeans have committed to that as well. So, again, this is the White House advisor during this world global summit thing saying that we were about to abandon the current financial system which is you know bills cash and move on to a different one digital we've been talking about this for a while now and they're just out there saying it. it's not a conspiracy theory guys everything i just read was straight from her mouth i just quoted her yeah and and so this this is kind of scary because we know that digital currency is going to be one of the the three sixes of the mark of the beast right um, it's it's going to be one of the, the three angles there. Um, we know that the Bible says it relates to his name, that he has wisdom. But we also want you to understand there's going to be three major factors to this mark of the beast. And one of them is going to be digital currency that you're going to have put into your right hand um, or, or forehead um, a chip so that you can buy uh, or sell with it. Uh, it is interesting to me because, Brother Ayo, I brought this up to you this afternoon. There's a, a, a new TV series out on Paramount called Halo. And episode three, uh, I, I really think all of you should actually watch it, even if you're not into science fiction. The reason why I watch it is uh, because it was kind of addressed to me um, uh, that this might be something I want to see. And um, because of it's, it's foreshadowing what the world is wanting to do, okay? What the demonic realm is actually wanting to accomplish. And in there, the Spartan, the John, the character of the Halo Carton, he gets a chip put into him in the back of his neck. Um, and it is Cortana. And uh, she's the AI who actually has control of him, but isn't given control yet. When I saw this, chills went down my spine because I thought, here is, you know, a Microsoft. Uh, video game turned into a TV series and it's foreshadowing exactly the technology that the mark of the beast is going to utilize. Yeah. And this is scary. Why do you want to give up this control? Um, and you can, what's funny is, is the character was like, I don't think I really like this. I don't think I really like it, but they're like, Oh, this is going to be great for you. It's going to give you so much more advantage. And that's going to be the lie of the world and people are going to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when we were talking about that, I was just like, I wasn't surprised. It, it's sad to see. I wasn't surprised because I was like, that's what some people call predictive programming. They're showing you what they're going to do in advance. And we've seen this stuff in, for years, right, in sci-fi movies and uh, just vast genres of different things. We, I mean, we talked about transhumanism once and, like, the superhero comics and powers and things like this. And, and, and that's what the mainstream is normalizing, transhumanism now. Um, so it's just showing us what they're planning, what they, where they want us to move ahead. And part of it is desensitizing us, desensitizing us to that beforehand. So that when it comes, you just accept it, like, oh, you know, I saw that in the movies. Oh, yeah, that's cool. 
Oh, in the movies, that thing, you know, putting a chip in your hand, gave you superpowers. Oh, I want superpowers. That's cool. Whereas if he did do that before, people would probably freak out. But after years of showing it to you, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I saw it in the movies. I want to be, I want to be like Superman, you know? So that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, science fiction is very demonic. There's a book called uh, Mystics and Mutants. It's not a Christian book, um, but it's their playbook. It's what they forecast. They're telling you they're accomplishing um, in the demo demonic realm. And um, I recommend you read that book. It will frighten you. Uh, it, you'll have to put it down quite a bit as you're reading it because it will really anger you too um, because you're going to realize you've been duped. And science fiction is really the realm of the demonic. Um, it's the realm of the fallen angels. It's telling you what they want to accomplish and how they want to do things. And uh, it's their playbook. And they're telling you in advance. Be wary when you're watching it. Look between the lines because that's exactly what is going on there. Hey, what else do you have for us tonight, Ayo? Yeah, I, I slide two other articles uh, in terms of digital currency, and then we can move on to a different topic. One for Israel 365 News. I don't know if you guys follow them. The Israel 65 News was really jumping on this world global summer thing. They were like, oh my gosh, they're calling for a new world order and this and that. So they're really on the ball with, with this. But Israel 365 News uh, posted an article just a few days ago. World Economic Forum calls for one world currency, a Tower of Babel doomed to collapse, Israeli economic warns. Uh, I won't be calling as much, so this will just be a little bit. They said, unlike crypto, current cryptocurrencies, the system uh, that lady, Pipa Melgram, describes will give the central banks complete control of people's money. The banks will be able to track every transaction, even control how it's spent, blocking it from being transferred to people or organizations it deems un undesirable. Um, so that kind of level of control, blocking money from people, freezing, things like that. We saw it in Canada. Revelation 13, 16, 17 describes such a system as well. And the last part of the article says, implementing such a global digital currency system would require the establishment of a global digital currency and a global digital identity for every person on the planet. So it's global in scope. That's what Revelation 13 tells us as well, rich or poor, free or slave, uh, um, great or small, everybody will be required to take this mark. And then last one in this topic uh, is, is more close to home here. From The Verge, a new bill would launch a large-scale test of digital dollars. So we already know that last month, uh, President Biden you know, signed an ex executive order to look into, for the U.S. government to look into digital currency. But now we're getting news that they want to start testing it. So, I mean... As we're talking about this stuff, guys, you might think, oh, that's 30 years in the future, whatever. But they want this stuff now. They're ramping it up now. They have an agenda. Uh, so the article says, 2A, a U.S. lawmaker has proposed a large-scale trial of government-backed digital cash. The Electronic Currency and Secure Hardware Act, introduced by Representative Stephen Lynch, a Democrat from Massachusetts, would direct the Secretary of the Treasury to publicly test an electronic version of the U.S. dollar. While the bill's odds of passing likely remain low, it demonstrates government's increasing interest in launching alternatives to cryptocurrency. So whether this bill passes or not, whether they're actually able to do this test for digital cash in the U.S. or not, it doesn't really matter. Why? Why does Sarkle say that? Why do I believe that? Because it shows that the government is increasingly becoming interested in it. So this is a foreshadowing of things to come. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I had to say on the digital currency front, but we were just bringing this up to you guys because it's, it's not 
hiding anymore. It's out in the open, right? I've been talking about this for years and years. And now they're simply declaring out in the open that, hey, we're going to abandon the current system. We want to bounce into this new system. Well, how do you do that? You have to bring the old system down, bring the new one up, right? And that's what they're talking about currently. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's so we're watching the agenda moving very quickly with digital currency. We're also seeing the agenda moving very quickly with vaccines um, and, and everything else that's going on uh, to, to try to build, build some sort of um, artificial immune system uh, that is going on and really to add AI to your body. Um, but we're also seeing great evil take place throughout the world. And uh, I want to highlight a couple of stories for you. We, we know about the abortions uh, that have now been proven as post-birth abortions um, of five infants in uh, Washington, D.C. If you have not heard of it, um, you got your, your head in a pillow. Um, but also we're seeing around the world massive genocides going on, not just by the Russians in Ukraine who killed over 400 men, women, and children in uh, uh, the city of Kiev, which was well-documented. Um, this is not fake news. They actually caught footage from uh, overhead drones as they were filming it. Um, so this was kind of a, a, a huge thing that was going on. They pointed out that the Russian media was lying about it um, based on the footage. They were showing where the bodies stood in the, in the streets for several days. They just left them there. Um, that's going on. But we're also seeing massive genocide going on in Africa uh, that is taking place. We're seeing a huge uh, a genocidal wave going on in Africa. Some of this intelligence reports are now arguing may be on the, um, how do I word this carefully, may be a part of a Chinese agenda uh, and that it may be Chinese sponsored so that they can take more control over African mines, minerals, and even oil. Yeah. And for some of you guys, that might sound strange over response saying that it might be a Chinese plans to take over parts of Africa. But if you guys don't know, China actually has a control. Of, well, I don't want to say control, but they essentially, uh, through, you know, over the years, they've made deals with many African countries in terms of investing in their economy, uh, giving them money, like loans, right? And because of that, these African nations have to pay China back. So a lot of that has been going on. And these African nations are beholden to China. Um, so, so China is spreading its tentacles everywhere in the Middle East, Africa. And just like Brother Stefan said, this might be, you know, just another one of those plans to further gain foothold there. Uh, well, there, is, there, is, there is evidence it may have been even sponsored by Chinese, Chinese military. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is, this is becoming quite serious, but being ignored in the, in the media. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, of course. And so we're, we're watching this. Uh, you and I are carefully watching this, you, you because of your love for Nigeria. But I'm watching this also because this is going to play some role in the turning by the Antichrist of Libya and Sudan and Ethiopia against Israel. And this might be uh, the Chinese influence on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting fact, then we can move on. Um, the last time I went to Nigeria with my family, 2018, uh, we saw a lot of Chinese people there, so much so that they're now bringing in Chinese food and specific Chinese supermarkets to uh, like the southern parts of Nigeria because a lot of Chinese people are coming there to work because of that relationship between Nigeria and China and other African countries. So we even saw that. So I actually witnessed that myself. So it's really interesting to be seeing that there. 
appropriate uh, culture appropriation is what they call it, right? <laughs> yeah, culture appropriation. Nobody's oh, complaining that's going on in Africa. Notice nope, that it's all nope. quiet. Just just America. Get yeah. rid of the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, as we're talking about that neck of the woods or that part of the world, uh, I want to move on to kind of Ukraine, Russia, and how it's impacting the Middle East because that war is still going on even a month, you know, a little over a month later now. Um, specifically, how what's going on in Ukraine and Russia is causing people more and more to say, hey, Israel, you can help out by giving Europe or helping Europe get oil, right? Because we know that uh, Germany, uh, France, different European nations, Europe as a whole is dependent on Russian oil. They want to cut that off. And now people are saying Israel can help. Israel can help, which is very interesting. So Jewish News Syndicate, and by the way, lots of people have said this is a possible scenario in relation to Ezekiel 38, but we'll, we'll get into that later. So Jewish News Syndicate, Ukraine war shifts European attitudes about energy, creating opportunity for Israel. So not only is Europe in essence funding Russia's war in Ukraine, which is crazy uh, when you think about it, but that's what's going on, by paying top dollar for Russian gas, but it's also at the mercy of Russia for its energy, said Duby. Uh, noting that Russia is threatened to cut gas supplies through Nord Stream 1, the pipeline that crosses Ukraine, if customers do not pay rubles. He says, my guess is that they will eventually do what Russia wants because they have no choice. So uh, Yonatan Duby, a professor at Ben Gurion University, argued that Israel should contribute to Europe's energy diversity by supplying it with natural gas. He advocates restarting the East Med Pipeline project, proposed 1,300 mile pipeline from the Levantine, Levantine Basin and making landfall in Cyprus, Greece, and Italy. He said Israel is missing an opportunity to be part of Europe's energy solution if it doesn't step up its natural gas exploration. It should send more natural gas to Egypt, which has gas liquefaction plants, and then onto Europe. And then just to finish off here, he says, think about the geopolitical consequences of Israel and Egypt combined saving Europe. And we're very close to missing the bandwagon. Uh, so again, that's just very interesting. Christians have been speculating that this uh, scenario could play out in the future uh, based on what's been going on for years now. But why this matters, perfectly speaking, is that, again, guys, we talk about Ezekiel 38 so much now, Brother Stefan and I. Ezekiel 38 says that Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, other nations will one day in the last days go against Israel for spoil for economic gain, for wealth. Um, and we're seeing that right now with the boldening of nations such as Iran and Russia, which will be going against Israel. And the US, which is not part of it, is lessening. It's diminishing on the world stage. And what Chris has been saying for a long time is, could it be possible that part of the reason Russia and these nations want to go against Israel for economic gain is because of their oil. They have massive oil fields. And now the world is looking at Europe and then pointing to Israel saying that, hey, Israel can help Europe for oil. Well, that's going to anger Russia because Russia is going to get cut off in that aspect, right? So as we're seeing these things build, this may likely be one of these pieces in this really uh, Ezekiel 38 jigsaw puzzle that we're seeing form. Uh, any opinions on that? Brother? No, I, I agreed with everything you said, um, and uh, really, I wouldn't have changed anything that you, that you said there because I agree with you wholeheartedly on it. I would say a couple things to pay attention to is it's not only going to be oil, 
um, but you're also going to see um, wheat and food productions increase in Israel as they supply Europe on that um, yeah. and replace the Ukraine as the breadbasket of Europe. Um, and so you're going to see financial wealth from that. You're also going to see technology changes and water distribution rights um, uh, from Israel. It's going to empower Israel as wealth because of water. Uh, that's going to be great. Um, one other thing that you're going to notice, too, is a shift in refugees. Uh, we're going to start seeing um, through the southern border a ton of Ukrainian refugees. Uh, and this is, I think, a good thing. I really do. Because, quite frankly, most of these uh, Ukrainians are conservative. They're going to be anti-Russian, uh, anti-communist. Um, and I, I think this is a chance to open up our borders a little bit for them um, and, and kind of equal out the tide that is coming in. Um, but it's also going to put a lot of pressure on us in, as a system, and that could raise inflation because it's going to be more mouths to feed uh, and it's going to cause more shortages. But I think as Christians, we need to remember our love first. And so when it comes to this issue and letting Ukrainians in, I think we need to do that. Uh, because they're hard-pressed. I mean, they're being massacred. They have nowhere else to go except to the slaughterhouse uh, because we know that's what Russia's plan is. So I would say that. One other thing to mm -hmm. add to this Israel equation that I, I think is important is the terrorism attacks that are going on there. Today, 12 more people died today in Israel, according to CBN News. This was a, a big deal, and I'm sure you got this one in your notes, uh, Io, right? Um, because no. this is... This is, as Russia is doing one thing with the right hand, the left hand is sneaking around and orchestrating this through Iran um, to, to keep Israel off balance. And um, pay attention to this because this could lead to that Psalm 83 war that we've been talking about. Um, and I, I really want to press this issue very strongly. This is exactly what's going to lead to some sort of conflict because Today, the Israeli IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, launched more troops into the area to protect the citizens of Israel. So this is escalating things in Israel. Uh, also, at the same time, you had Israeli government resignations take place. You could see an election take place again and probably watch Netanyahu walk right back in. Uh, it, it could be a freak thing. So pay attention to this. This is all big news that are coming out of Israel. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how you mentioned Netanyahu and the government there because I actually had an article concerning some recent developments in the uh, Bennett-backed uh, government right now. I don't know if you guys heard. I'm just trying to find the article here. But one of the members of his government left and she joined an uh, opposition party and now they don't have a majority anymore. And that makes this, that basically makes the government of Israel right now in a position where they could, if this continues for any length of time, they could just be kind of a non-functioning government. Um, so I'll just read a little bit of this article to you guys. So the Times of Israel, Bennett's government in crisis is whip Salman quits, stripping coalition a majority. So plunging the government into crisis, coalition whip Idit Salman announced Wednesday. So that was just yesterday. And it, it was like, whoa, that she is quitting and will instead work to form a new right-wing government without a resort to new elections. Silman's announcement, which she said was due to the harming of Jewish identity in Israel, means that the coalition no longer has a majority. So the current sitting Prime Minister Bennett, his party, is currently not the majority anymore. 
Silman's announcement means the government, so this is why that's important. Silman's announcement means the government will only be able to pass legislation with support from opposition lawmakers. So how likely <laughs> do you think that will be to be able to pass something by having the opposition agree with you? Very unlikely. The only party that would perhaps provide it with votes for some legislation would be the joint list of Arabs faction. So I mean, come on, right? So if you guys don't know, part of some of the Arabs in the Israeli government, I think, have ties to the Muslim Brotherhood. So it's well, no. No, no, no. Don't assume that. They don't? Uh, don't assume that. Look, you, you want to see something that's no, interesting that's happening is okay. the Christian yeah. Arabs there are very pro-Israel. Mm. In fact, it was a Christian Arab that was killed, and they're actually naming a street after a Christian in yes. the city of Jerusalem. Um, so this is kind of interesting. Pay yeah. attention to this because not all the Arabs there are pro-Islam. There's a lot of pro-Christian Arabs there who are pro-Israel. Yep. And so their swing vote, they can go either way. Um, and it, it's, they're not to be ruled out. It's kind of, this is one of the misleading things that's been going on in the press. You have to remember, the fastest growing segment of Jews in Israel right now is the Christian Jews, the Messianic Jews. Well, who do they talk to? But the Christian Arabs. So they've been creating almost a coalition among the Christian Arabs uh, in fact, it's the Christian Arabs who have allowed them uh, to do the archaeology at Al Abel, uh, mm. which is in Palestinian-controlled area, um, at uh, Joshua's altar there in, in Mount Abel, where they did, did the recent discovering of the uh, the curse stone. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and you know, I do agree with you, but I just want to finish my thought earlier because it is true that many Arabs in Israel do not support the Muslim Brotherhood, do not support Hamas and everything. But it is true at the same time, though, that when Bennett came in after the previous elections, he had to join with the minority Muslim party or Correct. Arab party. Yeah. And one Correct. of them, it was true that one of them had connections to Muslim Brotherhood. So that's kind of what I was alluding there. Not the fact that all no, no. Arabs I, yeah. You're absolutely right. In yeah. fact, it's funny because we're agreeing with each other. I yeah, just want yeah. to get there is another group there that we yep. need to pay attention to as yeah. well. So, yeah, so in general, guys, what I'm just trying to say here is that this, you know, with everything Brother Stefan just mentioned, with these new, you know, terrorist attacks and everything, we talked last week about the so-called Muslim prophecy, which we don't even want to call prophecy. It's fake. It's not true. Um, essentially, the Muslim world right now, the radical Muslim world, is trying to use this time, and it's Ramadan, to incite violence against Israel. Right now, the Iranian nuclear deal, that's still an ongoing thing, whether they sign it or not. There's articles here that I have that Israel's like, hey, whatever happens, we're going to take action. They're ramping up. And now, through all that, you have the majority party is now not the majority, so they won't be able to do anything. There's going to be a deadlock there until something happens. So it's just not a good time for Israel right now. It's going to serve to escalate tensions, serve to make Israel indecisive, serve to put them in a dangerous position, as Iran grows and their enemies basically wait to strike them. So that's kind of what we're seeing right now. It's very uh, unfortunate and interesting. Yeah, outstanding, outstanding. All right, what else do you have for us? Yeah, um, something else here. I'm just gonna go to just some lighter pieces of news here quick, because I think this is also important to point out. This is about the, the weather, you know, the weather 
uh, disturbances and everything, natural disasters. We talk about that frequently as well. Uh, Fox Weather uh, reported 19 named storms forecast for seventh straight above average Atlantic hurricane season. So the Atlantic hurricane season, I think, starts usually in June. Uh, but they're already forecasting that it's going to be above average already. So the experts at Colorado State University expect the 2022 Atlantic Basin hurricane season to be another one for the record books with tropical cyclone activity expected to be well above average. Uh, that's not a surprise. You know, we're not surprised. That's what we're expecting. That's what the secular world now is saying, you know, is happening. These things are increasing in intensity and frequency. Now I want to use that to kind of leap into this next article by not the B. <laughs> so just a little bit of humor here with some truth. So for you guys who don't know, there's a satire, you know, site called the Babylon B. And they have another site called Not the Bee, which isn't satire. They actually turn out actual news. So this one is about recording the history of the UN basically saying, you know, we're on the precipice of a climate disaster. And they basically trace it to say that all these doomsayers were wrong this whole time. So the headline is the UN is warning that we have just a scant few years to avert utter climate catastrophe. And then they said, they've been saying this for literal decades, and we have the receipts. So they just kind of go through the receipts. So the first one is 1972, when they started doing this. So this is a quote. We have 10 years to stop the catastrophe, said the UN's environmental protection boss. That's one of the headlines collected by Bjorn Lumberg, author of False Alarm, How Climate Change Panic Costs Australians, Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and Fails to Fix the Planet. And then another example here, a 1989 AP report, nations, quote, wiped off the face of the earth by 2000. So senior UN environmental official says entire nations will be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if a global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. Essentially, the rest of the article is just that. They keep going through history, saying that these were the claims they made, but it didn't happen. And the point to, to point this out, the reason I'm pointing this out is that yeah, you know, as Christians, we want to be good stewards of the earth. We don't want to destroy it. We want to protect and, you know, be good stewards of what the Lord has given us, the planet he's given us to live in. But at the same time, do not believe the hype that's been given to you through media, through these, you know, politicians and things like that. That if you don't give into their demands, whether it's one world government, whether it's giving them money or, you know, bowing down to their laws or whatever, that the world will literally end in 12 years. You know, they've been saying that. AOC said that, you know, two years ago or whatever. They keep saying that. And the point is that that's not happening. Those are false predictions. So we have to weigh these things out, make sure we're thinking about these things biblically and not giving in to the false alarms. And I want to just go to scripture here to, to back this up, and I'll give it back to Brother Stefan. Uh, Genesis 8.22, I think this is a great piece that talks about how the world will still remain God has everything under control. It's not going to end in five years if you don't give, you know, all the government's global power. Uh, Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So these things will continue. Um, it says, While the earth remains. That brings the question, well, when will the earth not remain? When the Lord will destroy it after the great white throne judgment. He's going to destroy the old heavens and old earth, bring in a new heavens and new earth. That's when the earth will be destroyed. Not in 12 years if we don't take action on climate change, but when the Lord decides, right? Everything we're seeing now is prophetically significant. It shows that God's in control. He's using these things to judge mankind and shake the world up awake. 
that these things are, you know, they're happening soon, just about predicted and just coming back. So I just want to bring that focus as well. Yeah. And we, we know that climate change is a direct result of the judgment of God for wickedness on mankind. Okay. So we understand that it is kind of the, the big understanding in scripture. These disasters are coming against you because of your wickedness, abortion, um, all these wicked things. Isn't it interesting that right now there's probably like three countries in the world right now who are opposing the globalists at a, at a total country level are embracing their faith in Jesus and their leaders are being reelected. One of them is Hungary. I want to kind of talk to you about this, right? Hungary, the prime minister of Hungary is a Christian, number one. Number two, he's pro-life, adamantly. Number three, he's, he's uh, anti-globalist. He, come, he tells you, I'm anti-socialist, anti-communist, anti-globalist. Yeah. Number four, he's pro-Israel. Number five, he's got the strongest um, pro-marriage, pro-straight laws uh, in the, in, of any country in the world. Right? What a bigot. Well, I, being pro-marriage? Really? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic there for the podcasters who can't see my face. Um, yeah. And so, and, and this guy has stood up to the EU. He's told them, I'm not backing down. He's just been elected to his fourth term by the people wow. there. And it, it, it was a, a huge mandate. I mean, it was a mandate. They're calling this thing um, the uh, huge, I mean, it was like a gigantic win for him. But this guy is a Christian and he's pro-Israel. He's standing up for the Jewish communities in Hungary. Uh, he's anti, uh, very opposed to anti-Semitism. He's, he's fighting anti-Semitism throughout the whole world, uh, calling on leaders to stop their bigotry, uh, calls out Biden all the time. Um, and so this guy wins his election. Why? Because he does what's right before God. Does what's right before God. And the people of his country are doing what's right. After years of being oppressed by communism, Hungary has stood up and said, we're going to follow Jesus and do what's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, we need more leaders like that. It's good right. to, you know, share that goodness. Because, I mean, through all, you know, the news we, we tell you guys, and yeah, it's bad news and things like that, we try to give you guys hope and encouragement. We do have good news like this where God still uses people. Things are still happening. People are still standing up. It's the tide of evil. It's the tide of immorality. Uh, it's getting less and less less and less yeah but it's still happening so that's that's a cause to rejoice and that's a cause to pray for more of that while we're still here so yeah that's great news yeah this this is kind of an awesome thing to see because um it gives us hope that if we as a nation get to our knees and pray before god and say god forgive us of our sins and uh we need you to take over you know we're not looking for the next trump we're not looking for the next biden we're looking for the next we, we want Jesus, right? We want the next revival to come in. We want the Holy Spirit to guide us to all truth. I think that's when America can, can fully um, see a revival take place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if. And that's, that's, the, big, that's the big word, right? If, if only. Uh, yeah, and I, before I move on, I just want to touch on a, a, a scripture that Rev Shear quoted here, a really great scripture. I think it was in reference to the climate change thing that I was talking about. Colossians 2.8. 
Uh, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So I think that went perfect while I was saying that. The purpose of me showing you guys that is so we can think biblically about issues like these natural disasters and things like that. We don't want to be caught aware with it. We don't want to be panicking like people are also praying. Oh man, we only have 10 years left. You know, if we don't do something about climate change, we're, the world's going to blow up in 10 years. Well, that's not what scripture says. We have to look at things biblically. We can't be, you know, caught unaware through empty deceit uh, and philosophy that the world gives us, right? And it's funny because when you say things like that, like, no, the world isn't going to end in 10 years, people get angry because they're thinking that you mean that you don't care about the planet. And that's not what we're saying. We have a biblical mandate to be good stewards and things like that. So, yeah, that's just something good to to think about as we see these issues pop up because climate change, it's not going to be something that goes away. It's going to continue. We've talked about possible future climate change lockdowns. Where they're going to lock things down and say, Hey, we need to, you know, stop driving so we can preserve the planet. We need to make sure we document how many miles you guys are driving and things like that. So that might be coming down in the future. This issue is going to go away. Um, so we need to know how we're thinking about it. Awesome. Colossians 2.8. Colossians 2.8, the official David Todd. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the, the uh, um, president of uh, Hungary, actually, he's called the prime minister there. Hungary's prime minister is Viktor Orban. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, another piece of news here that happened recently, too, was a meeting of several nations concerning the Abraham Accords. And this is mainly um, to come against Iran. So I just want to read a part of this here. Um, from the Jerusalem Post, the greater Iranian threat brings Abraham Accords countries closer. Uh, with the specter of a revived Iran nuclear deal approaching, Israel hosted a summit on Monday. This, was, this article was posted on March 30th. So this is back in March. Israel hosted a summit on Monday that took place in Steve Boker in uh, the Negev Desert, which included the foreign ministers of the Abraham Accords countries in Egypt, together with the U.S. Secretary of, the, of, Anthony, uh, US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Another article goes into this, Jewish News Syndicate, and they really stressed how important this is. So that's why I want to reference this other article. Jewish News Syndicate, historic Negev summit unites Israel and four Arab states against Iran, irritating U.S. policy. So the, the Arab world right now is not smiling upon the U.S. and the West. Uh, the article says the fact that Arab leaders are meeting at a kibbutz in the Negev is, quote, an Israeli dream come true even 10, 15 years ago, would have been considered prophetic. Heard that? So a lot of us are sleeping on this right now, but secular people are looking at this and like, man, 10 years ago, this would have been prophecy fulfilled, right? And we're just like, where's the church? Church isn't saying anything. Um, yeah, so in a scene that was unimaginable over the first decades of Israel's existence, six foreign ministers, including four from Arab states, Egypt, Morocco, Bahrain, and the United Arab Emirates, the other two from the U.S. and Israel arrived in the Jewish state Sunday for a historic two-day summit. And again, this was mainly to just go over things with Iran, to bolster uh, defense and relationships, things like that. Um, but I mean, we've been talking about the Abraham Accords for a long time now. The, the thing they always keep saying with the Abraham Accords is, oh, we'll bring a more prosperous and safe Middle East, which is what Ezekiel 38 says has to be in place for that Ezekiel 38 invasion. And they're, and they're coming together more and more you know, these Arab nations, because the Arab nations, like uh, Shiba Nadan, which is Saudi Arabia, they protest the invasion. So as the Arab nations come closer with Israel and Iran gets more and more opposed to Israel, it's just, again, adding to the stage sin of Ezekiel 38. 
Um, so this shouldn't surprise us, but it show us that, man, it's just getting closer and closer and closer. Well, I mean, that, that is fascinating and what we're seeing there, that it is moving towards that. Hey, there's yeah. one more article I want to share tonight that I thought yeah. was kind of important. And um, uh, my brother, um, uh, before he died of cancer, once said this wise word and it stuck in my head. He said one of the things that the Antichrist is going to do, he's probably going to come up with a cure for cancer. And that will be what you need, why you need to take the mark of the beast, because it will cure you of cancer. Now, that kind of stuck in my head. I chuckled when my brother told me that before he passed away. Um, but my brother was a pretty smart guy. It's interesting because listen to this article for a moment. And this is from Israel 365. Uh, Israeli researchers discover a new nano drug that targets cancer from two sides. Now, wait and listen to it because you're going to hear familiar words and technology that we've been listening to for the last two years from Dr. Fauci. This is the first instance of a single drug based on an RNA-loaded nanoparticle doing two very different, even opposite jobs. This is only an initial study, but it was an enormous potential in the ongoing fight against cancer and may one day cure cancer as we inject these nanoparticles. What's a nano? Isn't that like technology? Like Star Trek yeah. technology? Nanites? Yep. Remember the yeah. disaster with the nanites on Star Trek? Uh, uh, well, I'm going to, everyone knows I'm a geek, but I'll stop there. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I, I saw this article and went, whoa, that was my brother. That was from 18 years ago. He said something to that effect. Mm -hmm. um, 40 yeah. died. This is the same RNA stuff that we have with the, the, with the vaccines. And by the way, it's interesting because right underneath that is an article um, by the CBN saying now they want to investigate the 946,000 deaths related to the vaccine. Oh, brother. Well, I mean, definitely, don't get me wrong, guys. This is better sooner, you know, sooner than later uh, because – because before this, I think it was Pfizer who originally was like, yeah, we'll, we'll release the info on that and investigate it in 70 years. They actually did a thing like that. So it's good news to see this, but it's like, seriously, now you guys are doing it. So yeah, continue. Sorry, but I had to just put that in there. Yeah, it's, it's look, this is going to be serious stuff that's going on. Um, and, you know, I tell you what the cure for cancer is going to hit a lot of people between the eyes and they're going to look and go, yeah, I'm going to take that. Yeah. I'm going to take that. And just imagine it being incorporated into the mark of the beast and everyone's going to look at you and go, what you want cancer? Look at all the climate change, the poison in the atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. And what are we going to do? Well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. I'm looking at yeah. the sign on my wall over there. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we won't have to go through that. But I mean, these are the kind of conversations that we're talking about right now that Christians have been having for a long time. What's the mark of the beast going to be? Uh, how could they convince people to get it? And things like that, that scenario of it'll cure cancer, it'll make you live longer, it'll give you superhuman abilities is likely. I mean, the Bible doesn't say that, but I believe so because there's this transhumanistic agenda, right? To increase 
the lifespan of people. I mean, last week we were just talking about the metaverse, uploading your brain to the metaverse and living for hundreds of years and things like this. So I don't think it should surprise us if in the tribulation, the mark of the beast technologies with DNA alteration technology like CRISPR uh, to prolong people's lives and promise, you know, to heal disease and stuff. And it might do that, but at the cost of losing your soul, right? Because that's what the Bible says. If you take the mark of the beast, you're doomed to lake of fire. Uh, so a lot of people might grab onto it just for those reasons. And obviously there's the economic aspect of all. So I definitely agree with that. You know, Cody brought up a really good point uh, because they're now, because of the fact that the evidence is now coming out that they used the HIV um, protein uh, with the, uh, the um, coronavirus um, vaccine, that Cody's saying he thinks a lot about the sores that will happen to those who take the mark of the beast. You know, Cody, that's a great point. That really is. And uh, something to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so as we, I have one last article here, and I think it'll be the last one before we sign off. Time just flies by. And we still, again, guys, <laughs> I still have tons of articles, and I'm sure Brother Stefan has a bunch, but there's only so much time. This last one uh, about UFOs, the sun. Pentagon releases 1,500 pages of secret documents about shadowy UFO program after a four-year battle. So these are legitimate UFO documents. Um, they keep releasing stuff, and I'm going to talk about that more later, but I just want to read it now and just kind of end off with this. So the article says, The Sun Online first requested a copy of all files, reports, or video files related to the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program on December 18, 2017. The article says, We filed a Freedom of Information Act just days after the existence of the shadowy program had been made public. Finally, after more than four years, the Defense Intelligence Agency released more than 1,500 documents. So again, these documents are from the Defense Intelligence Agency. They're legitimate documents that they have that they just released. Uh, the article says it includes government commissioned scientific reports. And so again, government commissioned scientific reports. I'm repeating that because again, these are from the government. They're not just random papers, just you know, uh, typed out by some guy you know, in the random you know, basement or whatever. It's from the government and from the Pentagon. It says the hall includes reports into research on the biological effects of UFO sightings on humans, sets out categorizations for paranormal experiences. So I, I read what some of those paranormal experiences were, paralysis, levitation, things that kind of, you know, are with demonic possession and demonic encounters. That's weird. Uh, what a coincidence, right? And studies into sci-fi style tech. And now this is where it gets really weird. And this is where I'm going to end up. The bombshell freedom of information all includes reports on the DIA's research into the biological effects of UFO science on humans. And this includes burns, heart problems, sleep disturbances, and even bizarre occurrences such as apparent abduction and unaccounted for pregnancy. So, you know, take that for what you will, whether this is real or not, whatever. My biggest thing bringing this up is that if this was you know, if this came out like 10 years ago, it wouldn't have even come out 10 years ago, right? But now it's coming out. If this came out 10 years ago, people would be like, oh, that's all conspiracy theory, right? But now it's coming out. No one says anything. I mean, this is huge. Coming from, again, the Pentagon, the U.S. government, that they're re releasing this stuff. And why I'm talking about this, why I believe this is huge, whether, again, you believe in the pregnancies or whatever, that doesn't really matter to me. Why this matters is that 
as time goes on, they're releasing more and more information that has more and more details about whatever they're saying is going on. And we talk about this, right? That this is soft disclosure, that there might be one day coming full disclosure where they say, hey, aliens exist and this is the info. You see all that stuff we're releasing before? We're just trying to get you guys ready for it. And I think at that point, they'll release that info after the rapture happens. They'll say, hey, that info we were releasing before, the aliens exist. Those people that disappear, aliens took them, right? So I think that's what's gonna happen. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that we see these files being released now, that when the media talks about this, they don't label it as a conspiracy theory anymore, right? So this is big news and I just wanted to present it and say, hey, uh, we have to pay attention to this. And people are already saying that 2022 might be even bigger year for more UFO information that's released. So, yeah. You know, I think it's funny because Carl Teichrib writes in his book, Game of Gods, that the um, United Nations actually has a, um, uh, a, a committee that they put together, a plan how to explain the rapture. They don't believe the Bible, but they've got a plan how to explain the rapture. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Do, do they know something like, hey, we're following Satan, but we got to explain the rapture, you know, because exactly. we need to have a preparation for it. So yeah. Satanists believe in the rapture, but half the church doesn't. Yeah. New Agers believe in the rapture. They believe one day millions of people will be taken off. Their spirit guides, quote unquote, demons yeah. are telling them that. But yet the church, you know, large parts of the church don't believe in the rapture. So yeah, yeah we'll Satan be... is already setting the, the stage to lie about it. Yeah. I think it's pretty hilarious that we'll be taken off yeah. to alien concentration camps so that we can get re-educated. Um, as Christians. That, that is essentially the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Christians are being taken away. That's pretty funny. Mm. Hey, guys, look, we have some fun with this. We talk about it. Uh, but it's a serious thing that we talk about. And the reason we talk about uh, Bible prophecy is for a very important reason. Because the Bible has been proven over and over and over again to be accurate when it comes to Bible prophecy. Uh, we brought this up again last night, you know. Um, why does Israel exist? Because the Bible said Israel was going to exist. Why has Israel fulfilled 40 prophecies of modern-day Israel? Because the Bible predicted it, and so Israel fulfilled it. It wasn't like Israel went, oh, we got to find that prophecy, fulfill it. They just fulfilled them. And some of them they couldn't even help themselves on. Like, it wasn't like they could orchestrate it. They just did it. And so the Bible's accurate, whether it's archaeology, which we'll talk about on Apologetic Saturday, or it's Bible prophecy, you can know that the Bible is true. Well, if the Bible is true about Bible prophecy and the Bible is true about historical Bible archaeology, in which there's over 140,000 biblical digs relating to Bible archaeology, and none of them have ever disproven the Bible historically, where Muslims and atheists... Jews and Christians alike use the Bible because it's so accurate to find the archaeology they're looking for, then maybe you should put your trust in the spiritual message that the Bible gives you. That Jesus came while you were yet a sinner to be born. He died for you. And then, not only did he die, but he rose again from the dead according to the scriptures. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you repent of your sins and believe in the gospel message that Christ came to redeem you from your sins, 
And it, if you believe in that, you'll have everlasting life. So we wanna encourage you to look at the scientific evidence of Bible prophecy, look at the science behind Bible archeology span and realize you've gotta believe in the spiritual arguments that the Bible's making. Because if two out of three are right, you better believe that the third one's right too. Jesus is coming back. The question is, are you gonna be ready? Amen. Couldn't add more to that. So we just use this to point to Christ so you guys will believe in Jesus, believe in his sacrifice for your sins. If you're a believer, to just encourage you uh, that he's coming soon. So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. Uh, we will see you on Saturday night. There's no study tomorrow night, guys. No study tomorrow night. I was going to be gone. I'm going to take a, a, a day of rest and uh, be with my family doing honeydew lists. And... Uh, I want to thank you all for uh, joining us. Keep me in prayer. Bad shoulder. Uh, so pray for me. All right. God bless you. And uh, good night, everyone. Have a great night, guys.